Kate from New Jersey. It's the SNL Nerds, the show with two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. And I'm your co-host, that damn John Trumbull. Damn John Trumbull? How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. How are, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing okay. It's uh, getting warm out there. It's, we're in the, the summer months. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. White boy summer. It is starting. hey That's right, ladies. What? Yeah. That's right. You're about to see... Uh, yeah, you know, the the streets the streets will be filled with uh, white boys. You'll see like a lot of pale legs, a lot of a lot of you know dudes in shorts, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I hope you're ready for it, ladies. Batten uh, down the hatches, brace yeah, yourself. It's I mean it's not just pale legs and shorts, pale legs of people who have been quarantined for 15 months. So oh yeah, y'all be we're ready. talking extra pale. Oh my lord, it's good lord. It'll look like uh, mozzarella. Mozzarella polio string cheese in our sneakers. <laughs> That's right. But I mean, we've we've had kind of an exciting jam-packed week, right? We have. We have. We, have. I mean, we spent uh like close to an hour uh, just off air, just talking, catching up, going over every little thing that happened this week, figuring out how we felt about it. Uh but but we had we had some exciting activity on the SNL Nerds Twitter account. Yeah, for those of you that follow us, uh, you, you mm-hmm. probably saw it at SNL Nerds Show. Give us a yes. follow. Yeah, um, I, I I sent out a little tweet uh, congratulating Mr. Mikey Day for winning the coveted SNL Nerds Award for Most Improved Wikipedia Profile Pick, uh, 2021 edition. And I said, you know, we knew you could do it. And Mikey Day, this is cool. He actually responded, said, "Thank you. It's only downhill from here." Mikey Day is aware of us, people. Mr. Michael William Day knows yeah. who the SNL nerds are. This is he a was, this is a coup, a big deal. He for was at, at the very least aware of us for a few minutes on June the third, and then probably forgot all about us after that. Dude, uh, whatever, let's we'll take the win. A win's a win. Exactly, exactly. And it turns out that uh, that picture was taken by another SNL uh, podcaster, uh, Avery, from the uh, SNL Struggles podcast. Right, because I believe uh, they saw our, the tweet, and they were like, I think they made a mention of it. They're like, oh, I didn't know this picture is on his Wikipedia page now. Just wanted to let everybody know I'm, I'm the one that took it when I mm-hmm. saw him after uh, SNL taping. Yeah, yeah, so that's very cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that's always nice. Um, I'm kind of amused. I just looked... Uh, Mikey Day's response has more likes than our original tweet, but uh, that's that's to be expected. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> hey, he's more famous, so yeah, he's Mikey Day. Show some he's, respect. He's Mikey F and Day. Yeah, I always wondered that. I get so. How does the picture get like updated in uh, Wikipedia? Does does somebody just submit a picture for it to be updated, or does do the person send a picture? Like, how does that work? I think most anybody can send in a picture like you you have to go through some process to be like a wikipedia editor and there are people who do that i don't i don't think on well they had to be people who do it on a professional basis but the big thing is it has to be like something that they have rights to got it all right so yeah so so you see a lot of pictures that are just taken by private citizens Oh, I see. Because I have see, I have noticed that there, there there are there's still some SNL cast members that don't have pictures on their Wikipedia page. Like like Ego doesn't have one. I think Heidi doesn't have one. Right. So I was learning, I was wondering like do 
they do that? Do their people update that? So it's just up to us, the people. To... I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole thing on Wikipedia is it's like the free encyclopedia. Anybody can edit. So. Okay. Yeah. So basically, like, it's up to us to find them in the streets, take a picture of them while in their uh, natural habitat in the in outdoors. And then just we got to do this guerrilla style. That's, that's how we that's how it operates. Yeah. Like, like National Geographic. We just put on our pith helmets, hop in a hop in a Jeep. And if we see them, you know, in their environment, you know, outside of improv right. troop or something like that, or and not and not in a stalky sort of way, not in a you know, leave them alone. They're 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 people. They they deserve the right to live their lives. But if they're out in, in public, yeah, you're I think entitled to ask right. to take a picture. Yeah, I never like understand people like that who who like you know stalk famous people and just walk up to them. You're like, yo, can I get a selfie though? Like I, I never, I'm not that type of person at all. I just like to, if I see a famous person in the street, which I have a couple times, I usually just leave them alone. I just never, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't feel like entitled like that. It's, I think it's nice to get a picture when you can't, like when I, when I, uh, a couple of years ago now, I, I randomly ran into uh, Kyle Mooney outside of uh, the New York Comic Con and I asked for a quick selfie and he was just very nice and he was like, yeah, like, hey, let's do it. Um it was a very quick interaction. You know, I, I talked to him for probably less than two minutes total. Right. No, but yeah, I would say that would, that would be the best way to do it. It's the way you handled it. We were just, yeah. you know, respectful and say, Hey, I just want to take a picture. I love you. I like your work on SNL. And yeah. you just do it. And then you just leave them alone. Like, don't be one of those people. Cause some people do that where they see the person is like in the middle of something like, you know, maybe eating or with their families. And then they just kind of yeah. barge in like, you know, the person owes them a selfie. Don't do that. Don't be that person. Don't do that. Yeah. I mean, a selfie or an autograph from a celebrity, that, that's something extra. And it's not something that they're obligated to do. And and definitely leave them alone if you see them in a prop book restroom. Absolutely. What? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't poke I'm your head. I'm just saying that's a good policy for life. Like, you see someone at a urinal, don't do that. Yeah, don't poke your head over the, the men's room stall and being like, hey, yeah. can I... Hey, Colin Jones, can I get a picture with you? Yeah, like maybe if you're side by side standing at the sink, maybe just you can give a little nod. Yeah, do that. Be like, I know who you are, and I appreciate your work. Well done, I acknowledge, sir. I acknowledge who you are. I know. You know. I know what it is. And Yeah. Yeah, just don't be one of those people that's like, oh, Alex Moffat wouldn't take a picture with me. What a dick. Yeah. Just because he was in the men's room stall with his pants down, and I just poked my head underneath. And he was like, no. And he was all angry. Like, what's that about? Guess yeah. you forgot your roots and where you come from, Alex Moffat. Or whatever. Yeah. Not, not that I've done that. I just, I was, no. you know. That, that's a totally hypothetical situation that we've we've just come up with. Uh, Yes, yes. My lawyer told me to say yes. I don't even know if Alex Moffat uses the bathroom, quite frankly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he could. I have no evidence one way or the other. Yeah, we don't know if he, you know, defecates or not. It's all speculation at this point, people. He could be a cyborg. We don't know. Yeah, maybe he feeds off of his own waste, like a cyborg does, I'm assuming. Right, because that's how cyborgs work. I don't know how cyborgs work, John. This is what I'm saying. Okay, but anyway, I think we're burying the lead. The the point is, Mikey Day responded to our tweet, and that was that was cool. And we picked up a few new followers for that. So if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, welcome. Thank you. We hope our talk about defecating cyborgs hasn't scared you off. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> if you well, yes, yes, exactly. Hopefully that hasn't been like what the fuck did Mikey Day endorse this podcast? I I may have to I made I've made a heinous mistake. I gotta go. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, hey, we're we're now officially in the SNL summer hiatus. We're in the off season. We did it. We did our big. Uh, Season 46 interview show. We we had an interview with SNL writer Hugh Fink last oh, week. We, oh. we generated a lot of content, man. Folks, we put in overtime for those two episodes. I mean, my lord and stars. That we did. We put in work. Four hours of content. For you. Free of charge. May I add. May I add. So why don't you just give us like a review and help us and show that you appreciate all the hard work we're doing. For you ungrateful bastards. How about mm-hmm. that? Or or go over to, to the Patreon. You can you can do that over it's on uh, nonproductive.com, right? Non-productive.com. Non-dash. I always forget the dash. You gotta put in the dash. You okay. got you. you go to non-productive non-productive.com and you go to the Patreon and then you, you contribute to the Patreon. You go to the little support non-pro link and you say hey i'm i'm sending you this money because i like the snl nerds yeah i want to hear more about cyborg defecation so i want to give these guys money so i can hear about that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's exactly where your money goes so yeah it's uh, it's cool we got we got uh, the snl nerds account you can support us for just five dollars a month five bucks a month, five for, the price, a month. for the price of a cup of coffee <laughs> That's right. If you're going off to uh, Starbucks or whatever, that's the price of a cup of coffee. Yeah, I or think. if you, yeah, or if you get you know gas station coffee, that's like five coffees. Yeah, there you go. You know, it's up to you. The, I'm the just saying that there are options. The, yeah, the choice is yours. You only limit your imagination. But uh, yeah, because we're we're now in the summer hiatus, we're now we now have to figure out what we're covering. We don't we don't want to just take the summer off like the SNL uh, folks do. Right, we're not going to name names or people who take you know the summers off, but we we keep on trucking here at the SNL Nerds. That's true. That's true. I mean, we we can't go on stand-up tours like Melissa Villasenor with her her Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat Rainbow Van. Yeah, but check her out, guys. She's she's really dope and uh, amazing. And uh, yeah, yeah, give her show her some love. Yeah, yeah. And if if you uh, see Melissa out on the road, uh, yeah, let us know about it. That's right. Tell her the SNL nerds sent you. Yeah, yeah. Give us a tag us on Twitter. Use the hashtag SNL nerds or uh, tag us at SNL nerds show. We'd love to hear about it. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so we, we're going to keep on trucking this summer, and uh, today we're going to talk about uh, a show that came out like a, a, about a month ago, actually. Uh, on May the sixth, uh, all the episodes of this show dropped on HBO Max. Right, folks, we're talking about that damn Michael Che. That damn Michael Che. Damn Michael Che. (laughs) It's a great title. It is. Like, I think he just, I think he heard it. I think he talked about where the title come from. And he just, like, as soon as he heard that damn Michael Che, it just, like, clicked for him. Like, yeah, that's it. Have have you heard what he originally proposed for the title, though? I did. I was, as I was, I was, as I was remembering that story, I was, I got a little uncomfortable (laughs) saying it. (laughs) He he went to HBO and he said, "I wanted to name this show that black ass Michael Che," um, and HBO was like, "Yeah, no, um, we're not doing that." Yeah, I think his reasoning for it was like 
because in his mind, he thought how cool it would be if the show got nominated for an award. And uh-huh. like, so to have somebody like, you know, Tilda Swinton come up and, you know, say the names, like, you know, one of the, of course, when they get to his, that show, it'd be like, it would be like somebody like Tilda Swinton or Uber White saying, and the award goes to that black ass Michael. <laughs> <laughs> that is very funny. And it you would be funny. That same effect with that damn Michael Che. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, you, it still, it still hits, but not as hard as. That black right. ass Michael Che, but still, that damn Michael Che. Yeah, because like you're 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 probably not going to get canceled for saying that damn Michael Che, right? And then it also kind of leans into Michael Che's personality a little bit because I mean, like I think he knows people see him as a bit of a provocateur who says kind of you know controversial things, and you know a lot of people aren't crazy about him because can be a little bit of a jerk or has maybe come across as a bit of a jerk on. SNL and on is you know through social media handles, so the name that damn Michael Che I think kind of plays into him knowing about how he can come across to a few some people. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess that that is in the mix there. Um, yeah, but this uh, he dropped all six episodes of this show on HBO Max back on uh, May the sixth, and it's it's a pretty quick watch. Uh, the six episodes they're all about twenty minutes apiece. Yeah, you could you could bang out the entire season in like two hours. Mm-hmm. It was this was I was actually pretty surprised at how quickly each episode goes. It's pretty uh pretty quick, and um like we said, each so it's six episodes, and each episode sort of you know addresses a certain topic, a certain theme mm-hmm. throughout them, which you know we'll talk about as we uh as we go into it. Yeah, I mean, uh, we can give the titles of of the episodes. That'll give you a, a feel for the show. The first episode's uh, policing. Uh, policing just ending with an I N apostrophe. Uh, that's that's all about the popo. Right. Um, oh, look at you using street vernacular. I, 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 yeah, I see well, you. I mean, now that I've used popo, popo is officially over. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. Yeah, we haven't used popo since I'm going to say like '03. I'm I'm assuming. I mean, but by the time this stuff filters down to me, it's <laughs> it's way over. <laughs> Um, this one's about the boys in blue. <laughs> um, the second episode is called Bourbon and Water. That's about dating. Uh, third episode is called Dudley Gets Shot. Um, That's about like healthcare, basically, yeah. our healthcare system. Yeah. Uh, episode four is called Sex Worker. Uh, yeah, that's mostly about like fame and just being a celebrity in Hollywood, yeah. I guess you could say. Uh, Episode five, that that might be my favorite title. Uh, it's just well played, crackers. Yeah. yeah. And that one's uh, that one's really topical. That's about the vaccine and uh, you know, black people's hesitancy to get the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. And episode six is called Only Built for Leather Suits, uh, which is about uh, Michael Che gearing up for a stand up show at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that one seems to be more about like his art and you know and comedy and just basically his career. And, of mm-hmm. course, the title is a play on a uh, famous uh, Raekwon DeShelf album only built for Cuban links. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, that's the first, I think, the first solo album from Raekwon. And it's, like, it's pretty much like a legendary album in the world of hip-hop. It's, like, you know, just certified, just certified stamp classic. Okay. All right. Cool, cool. Um, and uh, he's, he's got a lot of his... Uh, 
friends and colleagues from SNL uh, popping up on the show. Cecily Strong is in the very first episode, first sketch. Heidi Gardner pops up. Uh, Colin Quinn is there. Colin Jost. Uh, all the Collins. And uh, <laughs> Ellen Cleghorn. Yeah, well, I haven't seen her in uh, forever. But yeah, Ellen Cleghorn in an episode too. I was like, whoa. Uh, two episodes. Yeah, I saw her credited in two, I think. And uh, I, I got to confess, I did not recognize Ellen Clayhorn. And until I saw her name in the credits, I was like, oh, shit, Ellen Clayhorn was in this. Because I, I just I just haven't seen her or what she's been doing in a long time. But I looked her up. Um, there was an article about her on uh, Slate a couple of years ago, back in uh, 2018. And uh, she's been keeping busy. She's got uh, a, a master's and she teaches now and she's oh, really? also, she's also still performing i believe oh really wow yeah i didn't know that yeah That's pretty cool yeah i mean the last time i remember hearing about her she had it was after her her stint on snl and she had like her own show for a little bit a yeah she had Clayhorn. a sitcom called Clayhorn on the wb when they were just kind of like trying to re rebrand themselves as like you know the the urban television network i guess you know right like before upn and whatnot mm-hmm mm-hmm Right, yeah, I remember that was on for a little bit, but then after that, I didn't hear much about her. Like she, would, like she would like pop up here and there. I think she was in the uh, the fortieth uh, SNL anniversary. Yes, for a little bit, but uh, yeah, like she just kind of fell off the radar. But I mean, the fact that she's still out there and she's teaching now—that's that's pretty great. Yeah, she uh, she enrolled at NYU. She earned her master's and PhD in performance studies. Uh, it says here on the Slate article, today she teaches, recently completing a stint at Graceland University, a small Christian school in Lamani, Iowa. And uh, she has a couple kids as well. So, oh, Very nice. Well do, done. Do all right for herself, I think. All right. Shout out to you, Ellen. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, well, there's six episodes. Maybe just break it down episode by episode and just kind of, we'll just hop around and talk a, a little bit about what happens in each one and whatnot. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting structure on the show. It's not just isolated sketches. It's you have like everything that relates to the theme of the episode. And you have bits that kind of come back and weave back in over the course of the episode. It's almost like an episode of Monty Python, you know? Yeah, I was I was thinking that, too. Like they go that little. I mean, most people compare it to this whole show, to you know, Chappelle's show, because like it, it is mm-hmm. very similar in tone. To Chappelle's show, but then they also try to, like you said, like weave in like a narrative thread throughout all the whole thing. So there, you could see, you know, shades of Monty Python and um, Mr. Show in there mm-hmm. as well. And also throughout each episode, uh, you see Michael Che as, as like a talking head throughout, sort of talking, you know, g- giving his thoughts on the uh, the topic that it's mostly about, like about police or you know dating and mm-hmm. whatnot and. You know, like sometimes he'll be he'll, for the most part he'll be talking to somebody off camera, and like yeah, it's, it's like he's he's talking to an interviewer. He's talk, then some of the writers are in there too. He's and uh, that's interesting because he he always has an interesting perspective. I think that's what I've really come to appreciate about him on Update is uh, he he will have a take on a topic that I have not heard in twenty other places over the course of the week. You know. Right, like uh, on his first episode, policing. So it starts out with him getting in an elevator uh, with a uh, you know a, a white woman played by Cecily Strong, who's a mm-hmm. white woman, and um, who, who I believe white woman in real life. I'll look this up to verify that on a Wikipedia, but I believe you're correct. I don't. Yeah, yeah, 
exactly. So um, and the so ele- cast the type. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So uh, so they're in the elevator. They're rising up. Uh, Cecily Strong sees Michael Che, and he, you know, she says, "Hey, I just, you know, I just want to apologize for everything white people are doing. I'm an ally, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just with the police and you know our our you know men's white fragility and." You know, yeah. she's, she's got like a Black Lives Matter button on her purse, and like another thing that was, it it's what, what it was like A A P A B. Oh, he's uh, like, what what is that? And she's like, oh, all police are bastards. Oh, A K no A C A B. All cops are bastards. Oh, okay. Well, there there you go. Right, exactly. So then the elevator gets stuck. The two of them are in the elevator, and then so it's just them basically having a heart to heart and her apologizing for cops and stuff. But then. You hear Michael Che's uh, viewpoint of it, where he's not really that upset about it, where he says, you know, policing is just a job. Some are good at it, some are bad at it. And that yeah. takes her off guard, saying, what do you mean? Like, you know, you can't, you know, some jobs are too important to be just bad at it. Like, how can well, you be so nonchalant? Also, it seems like he's, his main take is just like, he's exhausted with this conversation because he has to have this conversation every time he leaves his apartment. And you know it's all these all these white people coming up to him wanting to alleviate their alleviate their guilt. Yeah, I, I, that has kind. Of, I, I remember you know like because like this was filmed a year ago. Uh, yeah. it, it started. It filmed like last November to this February, I believe. And yeah. I do, so like I do remember a little bit of that, like you know back when like all the George Floyd outrage was happening. Like mm-hmm. a, a few, a few, a few of my friends did reach out to me and be like, "Hey, is there? Are you guys feeling all right? Are you okay?" I was like, yeah, I'm all right. So I, I like, I did get that viewpoint that Michael Che was kind of, yeah, was feeling. Hey, um, Darren, I just wanted to check in, let you know I'm one of the good ones. Yes, yeah. I'm an ally. I'll, yes, I'll vouch for you. J- are, are we cool? <laughs> yes, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll tell the others about. It. Be like, no, guys, leave, leave Trumbull alone. He's all right. Yeah, yeah. You say, okay. if, you, if you could just like put put my name on that list at the meeting, not the, <laughs> not the first list, but you know the the okay, let's let's I'll, not mess with this guy. Yeah, I'll, I'll sign off on that. Yes, okay, stamp yeah. of approval. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, John's like I was sweating that up for a while. Oh, thank God, that's right. Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah. Okay. So- All right. Well, the podcast is done. Uh, what? Uh, what? <laughs> No, that's that's really what that was the purpose of the, these last three years. So. Oh, you played the long game. Son <laughs> I, of a did, I did. Bastard. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I guess we can go on and, and keep doing it. Yeah, let's just finish up this one and then. Okay, all right, fine. Going. All right, so yeah, we see che, we hear from Che's viewpoint about yeah, some cops are good, some cops are bad. I'm just exhausted from having this talk, and we also uh, find that that. Uh, Che's brother is a cop, which he actually is in real life. Che's I, yeah, I figured that was a real life detail. Yeah, Che's brother is a police officer, so we so he has like a viewpoint of it that people who don't may not see. Like if you don't have yeah. anybody in your family who's in law enforcement, you, it's very easy to like kind of villainize all police officers and all cops. But if you you know, if you see, if you have somebody in your life that is a cop, you, you see it from a different uh, lens a little bit. And and there was a one of the recurring bits in this episode was they had uh, a mother who's horrified to learn that her young black son has signed up with the police force. She finds like a gun in a shoebox under his bed, and at first you think, 
oh, well, he's like joined a gang or something. He's he's like, oh, no, mom, I'm just holding that for somebody. But then she finds a nightstick. And then she's like, how could you sign up for the police? It's like, oh, I was hoping you'd be in the, I saw, like, I did have, they had that one line that I like where it's like, I saw you in that Yankees, you know, blue Yankees jacket and those wraparound Oakley sunglasses. I was hoping you'd be a crip or something. <laughs> You're right. And I mean, that's such a great twist. Um, we also had, there, there was uh, a, a bunch of, uh, police officers making a public service announcement, just talking and like instructing the community how to not get shot by the police. Right. Exactly. And they're saying, just comply, man. You know, being a, being a police officer can be a real pain in the neck, you know, uh, literally sometimes, which of course, (laughs) ah, that's a nod Floyd. Yeah. Yeah. And and one of the cops in that was a a stand-up comedian, uh, Christy Stefano. Uh, yeah, like throughout the whole series, a, you, we see a ton of New York comedians throughout this whole uh, throughout this whole series. I mean, a few of them were actually writers on this too. So, but it, yeah. you know, if you're a fan of like you know the New York comedy scene, you'll be like, oh, that's so and so, that's so and so, that's so and so. I saw a lot of faces I recognized in this, and and there's even an animated segment with like an X Men parody called Policemen, and it's it's like the X Men, <laughs> but they're they're acting the way some cops do. Yeah, and exactly. I, I got a real kick out of that. That was very funny. Yeah, like the P- Professor X character was like was getting uh, sensing that they were getting uh, flamed on Black Twitter for their handling of a suspect. Right, because because their Cyclops equivalent, like he he shot without <laughs> without thinking, and and they they go to the. The, the black female member, their storm equivalent, and they're like, "Hey, could you talk to the press?" Because they're being they're being assaulted by um, th- this guy who looks like Reverend Al Sharpton. <laughs> right? Did they, say, did they say it was Al Sharpton, or did he just look like him? Uh, he looked like Al Sharpton. They didn't say Al. Sh- did they say Al Sharpton? I don't think. I they don't sh- think they said, ever said his name. Uh, I don't think they said it, but they alluded to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like when he was powering up, it, he was like putting weight back on, so he, he became like '80s Al Sharpton in the in the track suits. Right? Yeah, exactly. One of them looked like uh, Sean King, like mm-hmm. you know, brandishing a knife. So there was a lot of commentary in there about a uh, you know black uh, civil rights leaders and the, and the, right. the cops, but in told in a cartoon form. Yeah, but they, but they were saying to the, like the stormical of them, they were like, "Hey, could could you talk?" To everyone, and she's like, "Why do you always have me do that?" <laughs> yeah, I think her name was Katrina in the. <laughs> oh, really? okay. that's a great name. Yeah, it's just like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and they also had another uh, fake ad about uh, the protests that were going on at the time that were, you know, prevalent mm-hmm. throughout the year, and like uh, how you can have like a new uh, Fitbit protest where you can get your steps in while you fight for, uh, you know, fight for, you know, in, for, while you fight for justice. Against right. and, and they had these for for all sides. They had they had some with like Confederate flags on them. So right, hey, and white white people march too. So right, get right. them a Fitbit. <laughs> I mean, that's a very funny premise. I mean, I, I was really impressed with the first episode. I think the first episode is probably the strongest, personally. Oh, all right, okay. I I think the second one for me, like I, I thought uh-huh. that was a little bit stronger, but the first one was good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, the first was my favorite. Should we should we go on to the second one, Bourbon and Water? Sure. Let's do it. Uh, Bourbon and Water. This is one about uh, relationships and dating. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. This one I I thought was I like this one the most just because uh, I thought because like Michael Che really doesn't get very 
confessional or very personal in his comedy. And I thought mm-hmm. that this was probably like the most personal and confessional he got in it. Cause uh, yeah, right, so, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, it basically starts off with him at a, at a, at a bar inside. It's really like kind of high end restaurant. And mm-hmm. um, you know, which uh, apparently is in the same building as his apartment, which I'm sure is another detail drawn from his life. Exactly. And like he, uh, like, Oh, you know, I should bring this up too. I like how he starts off the, um, this episode where he's, doing a talking head where he talks about how relationships are a lot like, you know, two people carrying up a sofa, up a flight of stairs. Yeah. And, and every year you're going up a new flight of stairs. Yeah. And sometimes they're like the, the other, sometimes you're at the bottom carrying the sofa and the other person at the top is like, Hey, push, you know, just pivot, pivot. And then yeah. you're, and you're like, I ain't got it. I don't know. <laughs> I think you need somebody stronger. That's, that's a great metaphor. And he, he also talks about how he tells people in his life, that he loves them all the time, but not the people he's in a relationship with. Yeah, which is like, I don't know, like, that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty ballsy to say that in, in this thing. I mean, it's, uh, on one hand, it's it's kind of fucked up. On the other, it's cool that he recognizes that in himself. And we have, like, a montage of his girlfriend saying, like, I love you, and him sort of dodging the question, like, uh, like the, the way uh, Patrick Swayze did in the movie Ghost, you know? Right. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, oh, ditto. Right. Ditto. He said yeah. That. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yes, that's very true. Uh, so basically, it's a, him in, a, in this bar in this really high-end restaurant drinking uh, bourbon and water. Him, him making a joke to a bartender saying, oh, I would like some water, except put in mostly bourbon and no water. And the right. bartender is kind of doesn't laugh because he's heard that joke before. And then we get into why he didn't laugh because he has heard that joke before and right. so then they flash back it's, to... it's one of shay's go-to jokes exactly and uh, so then it flashes back to che and his girlfriend at that uh at that same restaurant bar and you know che's girl uh you know breaking up with him saying you know she's mm-hmm. not happy and she's kind of uh done with it uh and then it does an interesting thing where also flashes back to che as a kid where uh He's in a classroom, and his teacher, played by uh, Guy Richardson, SNL writer, um, and also who also worked on this show, mm-hmm. uh, he brings in a special, like, motivational speaker to speak to the kids about addictions. And uh, so then we see uh, another New York comedian, Mike Britt, come in and talk to the kids about uh, hoes. Yeah, <laughs> as it were. And then we have Gary. I like I like this one line saying, "Oh, I thought. Wait, no, I thought you were talking to the kids about addiction as something like drugs or something." And then. Mike says, I'm not addicted to drugs. I can go two days without getting high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so obviously, you don't have a problem. Yeah. So, but that, yeah. So then it's Mike talking to the kids about addiction, you know, how he lost everything to these, these hoes out here in these streets. And, uh, and then there was one line in there that kind of was a bit of a, I guess, a precursor to what's coming up where uh, the teacher says to Mike, hey, don't, you know, you shouldn't be referring to women as hoes. And then Mike says, I'm not talking about just women. I mean, not, not all rectangles are, all rectangles are not squares. And then, <laughs> but then he goes in about like, you know, hoes and women and uh, dating and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then it cuts from that to Michael Che having his issues with uh, his women, with this woman in his life about him not opening up. And uh, I don't know, there, there was a, like a lot of stuff in there that I thought like Che was pulling from his his real life that I thought was interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, and and also when you're when you're famous, I'm sure that adds on 
a few more levels of complication to dating too. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole nother level of it. Um, yeah. And so there were also including some other, uh, sketches that sort of rely on the same thing. Um, there was one sketch that included, uh, uh, that was by uh, Dr. Thurgood Carver, which is like this fake ad for this the second chance pill where yeah. it's a, it's a, I mean, this, this really didn't have anything to do with the data thing, but they just kind of put it in anyway. It's this pill mm-hmm. this doctor created for when you need a second chance at getting an erection because you already wasted your erection on some porno you watched. And but you found a, a better porno that you should have jacked off to. Late. It's a very right. specific thing. It's yeah, and that is a very specific problem. It's like, oh no, I I had my one shot for today, and I and I blew it. <laughs> yeah, literally. If I'd, if I'd known this better piece of pornography was coming along, yeah, like I would have just loved to seen the pitch for that in the writers' room. It's like, hey guys, yeah. you know how you watch porn and you blow your load, but then you find better porn after. And you're like, oh, I can't spank off to this now. I already wasted. <laughs> I'm sure the other... they have a, they have a guy like coming back to bed with his his girlfriend, and she's like, hey, could we have sex? And he's like, oh no, I already I already took the second chance pill, so I can't. And she's like, well, can't you take another one? And he's like, well, no, I already masturbated twice. <laughs> and I liked how the doctor, uh, Doctor Thurgood Carver, was played by uh, Jeffrey Owens, who was a um, who you might remember as Elvin from. Uh, the Cosby Show. Yeah, I did recognize him, and he he was in the news a few years ago uh, because, like he he was he was working in a grocery store, right? Yeah, actually, yeah, actually. So what happened was um, he was working in a grocery store, and I think somebody videotaped him because they recognized him, and mm-hmm. they kind of you know they put it out on social media as everybody does now, and they kind of like shamed him for being oh this guy was a big star and now he's here you know bagging groceries what a fall from grace. And then right. a lot of people came to his defense being like, no, don't, don't do that. Like, you know, sometimes that'll happen. Like sometimes you'll be yeah. on a show and you know, you got, you know, sometimes work will dry up and you got to do what you got to do to put bread on the table. And yeah. And he, and he had a family support to support if I remember correctly. Yeah. And uh, actually, you know, before all this happened, I did see him at that grocery store, like bagging up stuff. Oh really? Yeah. He was at, it was at the Trader Joe's in uh, Clifton. Right off Route Three, and I went in there to like buy some stuff, and like wow. as I was checking out, I, I saw him. He was like bagging up groceries, and I was like, "Is that is that uh, Elvin from the Cosby Show? It looks a lot like him." And was this before that story went viral? Yeah, it was before. It was like maybe a couple months before it. And oh, like wow. okay. I was thinking that was him, and then I saw the name tag said Jeffrey, and I was like, "Oh shit, that is him!" And like, but I didn't say anything to him. I just like I just like yeah. you know, kept it moving, but I was like. Didn't ask for the selfie. I did not ask for the selfie. I was like, the man's working. I was like, I don't want to bug him. I don't. Yeah. Because like, I figure if one person, if I do take a selfie, then somebody would see that and be like, why is he taking a selfie with him? Who is that? And then yeah. like, maybe somebody will like look him up and then that'll like, you know, start an avalanche of right. people bugging him. So I just like. But, but as I remember that story that ended up sort of reigniting his acting career because he, he ended up getting a job or two out of that. Right. Yeah. I think like Tyler Perry put him in some films and he, he right. did start getting more work from that. So I was like, all right, good on you. Good on you, yeah. Jeffrey Owens. Tip of the hat. I was like, hey, cool. Jeffrey Owens is, is working. And, you know, it's it's cool that uh, uh, Shea gave him a part. And he, and he was great. He was. And I liked the gag that, like, over the course of the episode, we see him, like, removing his diplomas and stuff from the wall. And we find out that he's 
he's like a discredited doctor. Uh, yeah, that was a good thing too. Where of course, you know, he's a doctor, you know, building his whole life's work around boner pills, and so yeah, you know, so like as he was like taking down the diploma, putting it in a a box, and be like, oh, you know, uh, you know, it, it was funny. It was it was a good yeah. Story. And and there was a neat callback to that in one of the other episodes, in one of the subsequent episodes, where you're seeing a news uh, uh, cast and and the feed down below, they were like, I think there were there were comments running uh, like a like a live stream, and one of them mentioned like the second chance pills, and I was like, oh, that's a cool callback. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. I thought that was pretty great. Uh, yeah. Oh, another, uh, running gag that's in this episode is, uh, what was it? Oh, the, um, the celebrity, uh, the, the couple's feud segment they have. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. Cause like while, uh, Che and his girl are arguing and like they're talking, she's, he's talking about her friend. He's talking about his friends. Uh, that leads into this bit where it's Che and his friends, uh, talking and, um, and, uh, his girl, Grace. And her friends like kind of battling out on like a family feud style show. Yeah, that and, was clever. Yeah, and, and they're they're talking about like reasons they shouldn't be together, and right, exactly. And it, the whole thing is hosted by uh, another New York comedian, uh, Godfrey, who's come, who has like mm-hmm. a Steve Harvey impression. And of course, it's like you know, Grace's friend saying he shouldn't be together because you know he's he drinks too much. And like he forgets your birthday or whatever, and the, but she goes with the answer is like you know he doesn't love me, and uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then I think uh, then Michael Che goes on and says, well, he, I think he says, what does he say? Oh no, he says like you know my answer is she's being too dramatic, which yeah. is that that doesn't go well. Don't guys, if you're listening, don't tell a girl she's being too dramatic. They don't they don't like that. They do not like that. It, it, is everything okay at home? Yeah, no, everything's fine. Okay, all right. Everything's okay. fine. All right, all right. Not going to pry? Everything's fine. Just just, just checking in. Everything's fine. But, uh, yeah, that was, it was another uh, strong episode. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I have much more to say about this particular one. Do you want to move on to episode three? Uh, well, I mean, I'll just wrap it up real quick. So then... Okay. It, it kind of goes on a little bit more, and then they, you know, they break up, and then she, I think Chase says something along the lines of, "Well, you know, what you don't love me anymore," and then she says, "Like, do you even know? I don't even think you know how you want to be loved," which is like mm-hmm. it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a like a bombshell to the heart. Like it, it gets really serious in it, and then she leaves, and then they go back into what the um. The motivational speaker was saying at the top about like you know don't trust hoes hoes will pretend they love you and they break your heart but then they, but the way they shot it kind of implies the fact that like you know Che's girl is the hoe Michael Che is the hoe so it's like it's like mm-hmm. it, I don't know I thought it was really interesting it was like kind of Che admitting that yeah I have a problem with relationships and um, and even at the end of this. Um, this episode, it ends with Che meeting another girl and kind of saying the same things that he said to his old girl in, at, yeah. at, their, at their at the beginning of their first date. Like, he said the same joke about bourbon and no water to the bartender. He has mm-hmm. his, like, go-tos. Like, it, he's basically admitting that, like, in relationships, he's good in the beginning of it, like, the first few days, like, the surface-level stuff. But then when it comes to, like, really getting into a relationship and being 
vulnerable and emotional and having that connection, that's where he he falters. And I thought that was a pretty pretty deep thing to admit on a on a on a on an episode of your show. Yeah, that's I mean that is uh, insightful, right. and uh, I don't know if I want to say brave, but I mean that's that's cool that he he felt he could admit that. Yeah, like you know, he's like, yeah, I'm a bit of a a fuck boy, as as the kids say in these streets. <laughs> it's him saying it, not me. Okay, okay. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That that was my favorite. I thought there was. I thought the second one was the best, but that's just me. All right, all right. So episode three, uh, Dudley gets shot. This is kind of talking about in some ways, like how effed up the healthcare can be in this country. And we, we have one of Michael Che's friends getting shot and he doesn't, he doesn't want to call an ambulance because he's like, I can't afford the bills. Like my wife and I were trying to buy a house. I don't need that on my credit. Right. And that is a real thing. I remember a friend of mine saying that like one day they were at like a restaurant like years ago. And I think like maybe one of the servers got hurt or something, or they were going mm-hmm. to some episode and somebody was like, call an ambulance. And the person was like, no, don't call an ambulance. I don't have insurance. I mean, that's yeah. something that a lot of people don't even think about. Like, if an ambulance comes and you, you're not insured, that bill's on you. And it could be yeah. like, what, like 800 bucks or something like that? It's it's some outrageous thing. I mean, it's just, ugh. And it's fucked up. It's really, it's really fucked yeah. up. It's a, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, like, while they're, yeah. So, like, while his friend gets shot, he's like, don't call an ambulance. Call, like, a lift. We'll get a good lift mm-hmm. over here. And like while all this is happening, he's putting all this on like IG Live. It's like, oh I got I got shot. My buddy Mike, he's helping me out. He's a real he's a real one. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean it's just we're all so addicted to our social medias and our social media profiles. And Yeah. And like Michael Shay's like, it's like, what are you doing? Put that phone down. He's like, No, I got like thirty eight people watching. This is the most I've ever had. <laughs> right, right. I mean, and and he also like he he also talks early on about like the special episode of the sitcom, which we used to see like when we were growing up in the eighties. Like you, you know, you had you you want to watch different strokes. You want to hear what you're talking about, Willis, but instead you get the story about the bicycle man taking advantage of of Dudley. <laughs> Arnold's friend Dudley. Yeah, that was a iconic episode. I mean, I didn't. I remember watching that as a kid, like yeah, at my grandma's house, and I was like. I wasn't, I wasn't ready for this. What's happening here? Yeah. And, and you know, and and they're well motivated. They're trying to do a good thing. They want to warn kids that not every adult out there has your best interest at heart. But yeah. Uh, I yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean, that was a big thing in the 80s. I mean, I, I don't know if Reagan had a thing to do with that or what, but I do remember there were a lot of very special episodes. There was that, mm-hmm. there was like the episode of Facts of Life where I think like, like uh, Natalie got like, you know, sexually assaulted or something. I think I think she lost her virginity. Oh, was that it? But I thought it was like through like so it was like date rape or something. I don't remember. I, I, don't I remember. yeah. I, I watched Back to Life back in the day, but I don't remember if like she just lost her virginity and maybe regretted it or. If... Yeah, there was that. There was uh, there was an episode of Family Ties where I think that like the uncle played by Tom Hanks was like an alcoholic. I remember that one. Yeah, uh, he drank the van- vanilla extract. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that is yeah, that is a bummer. I hit Alex. I hit Alex. Yeah, <laughs> God. And you know, the episode of Saved by the Bell where Jesse was addicted to like speed pills. Uh, yeah, people like I'm so excited. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It was caffeine pills. Caffeine pills, right? Like, yeah. 
Yeah, that was a real thing. Just every episode, it was just like, wow. Dude. Not caffeine pill addiction, but <laughs> right. very special episodes. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, that was a real thing. And uh, so now we're getting the episode where uh, Mikey's, uh, Michael Che's uh, friend got shot and he got to get to a hospital. And, um, mm-hmm. of course, this, hap- this happened during the pandemic time. The, the, the lift comes in and the, the lift driver's like, well, what, you know, what, is he okay? And he's like, oh, no, he got yeah. shot. You know, it's like, he got, he's like, I don't want him in my car. He's, he's bleeding. Yeah. And, stuff. and he was like, you, neither one of you has masks. You have to have masks to get in, into my car. Right. Yes. Cause then, the, yeah. Cause the driver was okay with taking him. Cause he's sympathetic to the fact that he's trying to, you know, he's trying to, you know, not pay for an ambulance. So he's like, I'll drive you, right. but you need to wear a mask. And like, right. but that's where he draws the line. He can't, they, he doesn't take him cause they don't, they don't have masks on. And like, you know, the, the pandemic are going around, people are dying. And Mike right. is like, my friend's dying. He got shot. What are you doing? Yeah. And and we eventually see them on the subway trying to get to the hospital. And and they're t- and there's they they start getting like accosted by this old man on the subway who's like, Hey, why aren't you wearing a mask? And and then they we cut to a wide shot of, of the old man. The only thing this old man is wearing is a mask. He is he is butt ass naked. Uh excuse me, sir. He has a hat on as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, but uh, yeah, full genitalia out, you know, blown in the wind. Il flagrante delecto. Yes. <laughs> and the, the uh, homeless naked man is chastising them for not wearing yeah. a mask. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, it's like what's and everybody else on the train is, is agreeing with the homeless man, saying like, "What's wrong right. with you people? You need to wear a mask." And it's like this dude's naked. What are you, what are you talking about? Everybody? You're putting us all at risk. And and he's like, "Hey, I've got a spare mask." And he gives him like this really nasty, dirty looking mask. Yeah. And, and he's like, "Hey, it's used, but it still works." Yeah. And I think uh, Mike's friend, who's got shot, is like, "Where'd you pull that from? You're not wearing any clothes." Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like I do like that take on it. The way that like if you don't have a mask on, you're ju- you are just like um, a pariah. Pretty much yeah. in the streets. I also like they had at the top of this um, episode, they had like a, a segment from uh, the town hall where yes. at, at the beginning of the town hall, they were like, well, we lost some people in our community. We just sent, we put up this in memoriam video for them. And it's mm-hmm. a video of people, anti-maskers who are like, you know, these, these, these masks are the work of Satan. And then that it cuts to like them in like a black and white shot with a Sarah McLaughlin sad music playing saying, Oh, right. she passed away to COVID. And, uh, I remember you. Exactly. Uh, one of them was another New York comedian, uh, Katie Hannigan. Um, and then it has other people saying, Hey, you're going to, you know, people, more people die of the regular flu than the COVID. And then of right. course, then it says, Oh, this guy died of died COVID. Of COVID. <laughs> and an uh, old man saying, Hey, there's a little thing called the constitution that we don't have to wear masks. This man died of COVID. Yeah, which I uh, it's morbid, but it's a little bit. It's pretty funny. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, we we all saw so many ironic news stories like that of, of people ranting Ugh. about, you know, this whole thing's a hoax and this is and all that, and then they end up contracting COVID and in some cases dying from it. And uh, R.I.P. Herman Cain. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so then that happened. So, um, oh, and also while, uh, Che and his friend, her, his friend, uh, Reggie Conquest, another comedian, they're on the yeah, train. And writer on the show. 
and writer on the show. I think Chase says, hey, we're almost there at Mount Holyoke. And then his friend says, what, that's the, that's the expensive hospital. No, take me to Tubman's. That's, 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 that's like the, the hood ghetto, like, you know, lower cost hospital, which again, it's right. a, and, that's and a, they talk about how, um, like a lot of doctors train in what are called black hospitals because they have more traumas there. And so, yeah, that's, like, you have more opportunity to learn your business. Yeah. This, I think Chase said like, yeah, you know, we're, we're like the guinea pigs or like the, the frogs you operate on in high school <laughs> before you go on to the bigger, better hospitals, which again, what a, what a metaphor, man. Jesus age. And then they cut to another sketch where, um, the Mike Britt character is in the hospital, you know, waiting to get a prostate exam from a doctor. And that doctor is played by uh, Clifford Smith, a.k.a. Method Man of the Wu-Tang Clan. Mm. I knew his real name. You didn't see that coming, did you? I, I, I did not, but I'm not surprised. This is on brand for you. M-E-T-H-O-D, man. Uh, yeah, and then they go, I mean, this sketch that they go into, it's, it's all right. I wasn't too wild about it. It's just basically a, a joke about, you know, prostate exam and sticking fingers up booty holes. Yeah, I, li- I liked, um, that he was like, you know, the twist is that the doctor doesn't want to put his hand <laughs> where you have to uh, put it in for a prostate exam. He's like, Hey, I'm a highly trained medical professional. You're, you're going to do this yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I ain't putting your finger in your booty hole. <laughs> I make like 55K a year. <laughs> yeah. And then he tells the nurse, and the nurse is like, ew, this guy's nasty. He wants to put fingers in his booty hole. And then mm-hmm. uh, another comic, uh, Alex English, come, you know, just comes in and puts the whole thing on IG Live again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then like I think Mike Britt says, hey, don't put the, my business out on the phone like that. He's like, what are you talking about? I got 34 likes. I got 34 viewers here. This is the most I've ever had. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that sketch was all right, but um, I mean, but yeah, that was okay. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, this this should, will probably give you a feel for how certain elements like weave in and out of the episode. So I, right. I, I thought it was the construction of the show was really good, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, so it, and it ends with um, Che getting his finally getting his friend to the hospital, and you know, unfortunately. He, you know, Pat. You know, spoiler. He uh, he he passes away because they got mm-hmm. to him. They didn't get to him in time, and it ends with Che in the in the waiting room with uh, the doctor who operated on him. Of course, Doctor uh, Method Man, and he's like, and he's like, yeah, sorry, we lost him. If you got here earlier, maybe. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. by the way, you need to wear a mask in here. So he gives him he gives him like a bloody used operation. It's, it's as ratty as the one that he was offered on the subway from the homeless man. Yeah, so it's like a little I'm a naked homeless man. Exactly. It's like yeah, it's a little used, but it still works. Right. And then of course it's Che in the waiting room with a bloody mask while Sarah McLaughlin plays I Will Remember You. Right. Uh yeah, so RIP uh Reggie Conquest. Yes. Uh but yeah, yeah, I thought this I, Who I, pops up in a later episode. Who pops <laughs> up in a later Yeah, he's not he's not dead dead. He's Yeah. He's not dead in real life. Like if, yeah. the, if the Reggie Conquest family is listening to this podcast and thinking he's dead, he's not. He's, he's, he's alive and well. And I think it speaks well uh, of, of Michael Che that he does not actually kill people in the production of his television series. Oh, dude. Well, that just goes right into the next episode. Well played, sir. Well played. I mm-hmm, see, I mm-hmm. see, well played, Crackers. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's, no, wait, wait, wait. Next, we we have Sex Worker. Yeah, uh, this one is basically about fame and uh, celebrity status in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it opens with a uh, an interview at the School of the Arts where um, the in- interviewer is bringing out Michael Che to all the students on stage. And mm-hmm. um, we have an actor, Omari Hardwick, playing Michael Che in this instance. And right. uh, then it cuts to us finding out that that first scene was actually a dream Michael Che had. As yeah, Michael- it's an anxiety dream. And he's talking about it with his therapist, played by Heidi Gardner. Exactly. And yeah. Um, yeah, so then we get a little peek into how Che views fame and you know his celebrity status in Hollywood and whatnot. Like one of the things mm-hmm. he says in the Talking Heads is like how like whenever you're somebody in the black community that has a job that a lot of people don't have, they always want to know more about that job and like how you got it. They always think like you couldn't have got it through hard work and you know just perseverance. You had to have done something really nefarious to get it. You know, right? Like- and then we, and we we cut to Che. Uh, on like a a bachelor type reality show where he's like giving his rose to people in his family and he's trying to decide which member of his extended family he will let die so that he can become more famous. Right, because as we all, all as black people know, in order for you to succeed in Hollywood, you have to kill off one of your family members. That's just, right. That's how Hollywood works, man. Yeah, you got a blood pact. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, this is where we see uh, Ellen Cleghorn who plays... Mm-hmm. Uh, Che's mom, and is like, yeah, if, if I got to get the role in this movie, so one of y'all, one of y'all got to go. Yeah, yeah, and he and he's like weighing the pros and cons of his various family members. He's like, well, you know, this aunt, she always had candy for me in church, and that's cool. <laughs> and you know, but this uncle did this stuff, and and <laughs> yeah, so a, a funny scene. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, so after that, it cuts to his uh, his anxiety dream or the dream he's telling his therapist, Heidi Gardner, about. And mm-hmm. now he's being played by Colin Jost. Colin Jost as Michael Che on Michael Che's show. Right. Uh, we're getting very meta here. We are. We are. And, of course, the students are asking them questions about, like, you know, as a black man in Hollywood, do you feel like you have, do you have a right or do you have an op- or obligation to speak on the behalf of other black people. And he says, oh, no, I'm less fortunate than you. Yeah, exactly. We're less fortunate than you. Then, and he says like, actually, no, I don't. Yeah. Which, you know, takes the student back quite a bit. And, and it's all the more hilarious because it's Colin, uh, Joe's just going like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't really care. Right. (laughs) And then then he, he, he goes into a spiel about like how to become famous. A lot of people assume that you've done something gay. Yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, that's kind of something I've heard a little uh-huh. bit in, in, in certain circles where, right. you know, it's like a lot of people will think, oh, in order to make it in Hollywood, you have to do, you got to do something strange for that change. You got to yeah. do some. There's some casting couch stuff going on. Yeah. And, and Colin just starts expanding and saying like, well, really, it depends on what your definition of gay stuff is. And. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to ruin what the spiel he goes into, but it, it's a funny spiel. It, it has to do with ice cream, and well, we'll just leave yeah. it at that. Yeah, it has to do with ice cream, and uh, yeah. Right, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've always kind of wondered that, like, if, if a person who's LGBTQIA 
have maybe found that scene like maybe homophobic a little bit because they do get into it about how yeah some people do think you have to do gay stuff in order to succeed in Hollywood. I don't, I don't. I mean, it's not really. I don't think it is, but I mean that maybe I shouldn't be speaking on it. I, I personally didn't get that from it because it's not. I don't think it was really saying anything more than if you're not gay, you don't really want to do gay stuff. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And and that and that uh, you shouldn't have to do sexual favors to achieve success in the movie and TV industry. You shouldn't have to. Shouldn't have to. You should want to. (laughs) Sometimes you get to. (laughs) That's uh, absolutely. If you're lucky. Uh, Yeah, so then we cut back to um, Che talking to Heidi about this dream about, you know, like how now Colin Joseph's playing him in the dream and Mm-hmm. How you know a lot of people do believe you got to do gay stuff to get anywhere in, in Hollywood and whatnot. And then Heidi kind of reveals that you know, oh yeah, I'm not a therapist. I'm actually a prostitute or right. You know, sexual. And, and you're you're talking to me because apparently this is your kink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Michael Chase like, yeah, uh, well, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. We are going to have sex. I mean, but I'm not I'm not going to pay to tell all my problems to some stranger. And she's like, you are literally doing that right now. It's just I'm a sex worker instead of. <laughs> instead of a therapist yeah absolutely and then we see um chade has a maid named florence and then uh he asks florence the maid it's like hey how, hey florence let me, come here let me ask you something like what do you think how do you think i made it in hollywood how do you think i did it? and she says you yeah. know uh, you know through hard work perseverance and then he said no no really how do you think and she's like well if i had to be honest you probably had to do some gay stuff right right <laughs> and uh yeah and then they kind of get into it a little bit how like you know black people feel like you know, they can't imagine a world where you just they get ahead just through their talented hard work. Do you feel like you got hard work and perseverance and yeah, like you got to do yeah. you have to compromise in order to make it, whether it being like you know doing something gay or then they bring up the term you know being a coon, like doing something to, you know a sellout in in essence. Yeah, I I'd never heard of that particular that connotation for that particular word. Really, you haven't heard that? Well, I mean, I'd heard I'd heard the word. Of course, but I always just thought that that was just another generic slur. I never knew that it it was that particular type. Yeah, does that make sense? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I know what you mean. Like you know it as the yeah. old timey phrase. You don't know it as how we reference it to like modern day now. Right. I, in my mind, it was just like a, an obsolete slur term. So. No, no, it, it is alive and well in the black community. I'll, like you know, okay. like a lot of people. I've heard a lot of people say. You know, people like, uh, you know, Candace Owens or, um, uh-huh. you know, Stacey Dash or something like that, like have kind of sold out in order to, you know, appeal to the uh, a certain certain audience. Uh, so yeah, to like the white community. Yeah, exactly. I've I've yeah. I've heard numerous people say that. So it's it's definitely a thing that's said. OK. All right. Uh, but yeah, the, I, I, I learned a little something. <laughs> The more you I don't know. know what I'm going to do with this knowledge, but <laughs> you can bring it up at your next uh, cocktail party. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Like, hey guys, did you know? Hey guys, did you know that this uh, particular word uh, has this me? <laughs> <laughs> why, why, is, why is everybody looking at me? What? 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 No, I'm. Just... I'll I'll show myself out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that would be nice. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I liked how they got into that. I like how, um, 
another sketch that is kind of put in here, the um, that sketch about like the basketball team that's kind of standing up for their rights. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, they were like, you know, hey guys, we gotta we gotta make our voices heard. We gotta keep kneeling during the anthem, and we we've gotta be here to represent black trans women. And and when as soon as the other players hear what the cause is, they're like. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I, I don't know if we want to put ourselves out there for that because, yeah, he, he makes the point in one of his talking head segments. It's like people they only want to put themselves out there for the things that directly affect them, right? The stuff that they tolerate. So you'll see black people out for Black Lives Matter. You'll see, you know, Asians for uh, you know Asian hate rallies. Mm-hmm. But like, if you have something like a black trans uh, march or a protest, you don't see too many you know straight black men or straight black. And maybe straight black women, I don't know. But you don't yeah. see too many straight black men marching on the behalf of black trans people. Yeah, oh, like the amount of empathy for other marginalized groups, it kind of goes down when it's no longer the group you're a part of. I yeah, guess. I mean, which is a very, uh, that's a very, that's a hot button thing to say, but there is truth to that. That is something that yeah. people just don't talk about. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I liked how they address it. And we see some other uh, New York comics in here, uh, Monroe Barton, Derek Gaines. Where like it's it's all this this segment sort of set up as like one of those inspirational movies type of where like a basketball team has has to stand up for what's right like no guys we need to kneel for this for this cause we need yeah. to kneel for black trans rights and everybody else is like I don't know man uh hmm this is not my bag baby like like you know that famous photo from like uh what was it it was like the 1968 Olympics where like two of the three uh, winning athletes are doing the black power salute. Yeah, absolutely. And then there, and then there's that third athlete who's, who's a white guy who's just standing <laughs> there kind of awkwardly. And he's, and I once read an article about him and it, and it was just like, it was not that he did not support that. He was just kind of like, I think sort of stuck in the middle. He was like, wait, do I, do I do this too out of solidarity or do I not? Is that okay? Yeah. And it was like, Oh, <laughs> he's in his head about it. Yeah. The guy, you know, yeah. and you don't really think about that guy when you're, when you're watching it. Yeah. No, I imagine it, like that was probably the same mindset of people, people had when like, um, when, uh, when a Ka- Kaepernick started kneeling, like the people, like his mm-hmm. teammates were like, Oh, should I kneel? Is this, is this going to be a thing? Yeah. Like he didn't come to me before the game and say, Hey, I'm doing this. Do you want to join in? Cause it, so you're just kind of on the spot in the moment. Like, like bro, give me a heads up. Let me know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. But yeah, I could see that. I could see that people being like, Oh, should I, or, you know, just worried about yeah. the optics or yeah. You just worried about doing the right thing at, at the moment. Uh, and and that's a big thing to decide in the moment, you know. Exactly. Like I mean, right now everybody takes pictures and videotapes of every moment of everything that's going on right now. So as soon as you decide mm-hmm. to to go whole hog into something, there could be somebody taking a picture and putting it up on social media, and then you you know it could be like a huge avalanche of things just hitting yeah. you. So you gotta it's 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 hard to it's hard to commit. It's hard to commit in the moment. I, I was reading a thing the other day about. You know, the, the people talk about the flighter, uh, the fighter flight response, where you you come across some startling thing or some piece of violence or, or somebody in danger, and you either run away or you you fight for it. But honestly, most people 
just freeze. Yeah. Cause it's, it's so outside of most people's everyday experience. You don't know what to do. Yes. And you are just, you are just paralyzed. Sometimes you're a deer in the headlights. It's, that's a, yeah. That's just very true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so that's the sex worker episode. I thought it was, that was yeah. pretty good in this one. Oh, there's also, uh, uh, Billy Porter makes an appearance in this one sketch, uh, Atomic Twan, yeah. that I wasn't. Eh, I thought that one was kind of weak. That that sketch. I don't. I don't feel like I entirely got that because I haven't heard the heard the the term Twan before, and I felt like I'm supposed to know what a Twan is, and I still don't feel like I totally get what a Twan is. I don't think it's a thing. I think they just chose the name. I think he was supposed to be sort of like an amalgam of all those kind of apathetic workers you see at the you know the post office or the bank uh-huh. you know those, those you know those type of people who are just like who really don't really who don't really want to do the job or do the work but you know they work for like the government in some capacity and they're just like i'm just here to you know just get by and go on my lunch break and collect my check and get out of here so i think that i think that was the take on it but yeah it really they really weren't too like uh you know it wasn't too clear on exactly where they were going with that I think it, it could have been fleshed out up, a little bit more. I just looked up Twan on Urban Dictionary. Oh, boy. And it says, someone who is the most extraordinary of the extraordinary. This person is considered a god amongst men and is also known to be called a king of kings. I've never heard that term before. Yeah. Wow. I, I, yeah. I mean, then that leaves, and leaves me more confused. That doesn't make sense to the sketch at all. That doesn't make sense in the context of the sketch, no. Huh. All right. Well, um, I think they just mean it as as Twan or like a name, or yeah, I don't know. This yeah, that, that yeah, that's okay. that was like kind of like I didn't get where they were going with that. There, there there's another definition on the Google uh, results. It says someone who's washed up has gone soft and no longer commands respect in the hood. From Ice Cube's song "Check Yourself." uh Oh yeah, it used to be the Don Juan. Now your name is just Twan. Okay. Uh, and and also uh, another term for masturbating. So that's a new one on me. All right, that's what. All right, second chance pill. I got you. Okay, so I think the lesson that we've learned is uh, Urban Dictionary not very good. Yeah, I guess. I, I, <laughs> those, those, those are like three completely different definitions. Yeah, Urban Dictionary. What's up with like, who's what the hell Urban Dictionary? You were supposed to clear this up for me. Who's running the ship over there? Somebody's asleep at the I wheel. No. I, that that's one of the, like those those user generated things, right? Where like people vote for what they think the best definition is. I think so. Yeah, I think it's just up to the people, like uh, Wikipedia and uh, Mikey Day Pictures. It's just like okay. wh- whoever wants to have a crack at it, go at it. All right. Well, this is just another example of how democracy does not work. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty sixteen was the other. I uh, I shouldn't. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Let's... No. Okay. I'm 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 sorry for wasting our time with that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm more confused what Twan is than ever. Oh, oh boy. All right. Uh, next episode. Let's, well played, yeah. Crackers. Let's get into that. Well played, Crackers. <laughs> and uh, this, this was really interesting because he was just talking about how a lot of black people, they are, are reluctant to get the, the, the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine, just because of the history, you know, Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you hear that and you're like okay yeah i see where you're coming from yeah i mean he also kind of talked about it in the, that one daniel kaluuya sketch will you take the vaccine on the episode uh kaluuya hosted. yeah uh yeah that's yeah. a real thing a lot of black people are just 
I, I know if, I do like a few that were hesitant at first, but I think they got it. But like a few people are just Yeah, like, I felt like this episode, unfortunately, it it felt a little dated to me because in the months since this was produced between like uh, November and February, a lot more people are getting the vaccine. The vaccines have become a lot more widespread and we're slowly moving towards like the herd immunity. So I, it felt a little outdated to me. Did you... Uh, Did you get that at all? A little bit, yeah. It's definitely like a bit of a time capsule. This one, yeah. Where, like, like you said, like, yeah, like I think because when they were like we said when they were filming this, it was like November, February, so the vaccine was not as widely popular as it, as it is now, and people were still having yeah. people still have doubts about it. But oh, sure. I think, well, sure. but I think that it's that's gone down a little bit. Um, so basically, the setup in this one is Chase talking to his manager. And how, you know, talking about how COVID just shut down everything. He can't do yeah. shows and movies anymore. He can't do stand-up because, you know, you know, COVID dried everything up. So his manager's just right. like, you got to get, you got to start making some money. You need to get the the vaccine so you can go out back on the road and make some dough. Come to my right. house. I, I'm having a vaccine party. Where can get, I, Which apparently is the thing. He, and, you know, Chase like, hey, you, you've gotten the vaccine? And, and his agent is like, oh, yeah, of course. I'm rich. Yeah. Um, so uh, that was another thing that felt like a little dated to me because it was like, oh yeah, this is this is like back a few months ago when the vaccine was still not everybody could get it, and now literally like everybody can get it. Yeah, it's it's in drugstores and uh, everywhere now. Yeah. Um, and, and please get vaccinated if you have not. For the love of Pete, get vaccinated. Don't yeah. Don't be. What do you what do you do? Who are you tra- what are you proving? Who are you, what are you trying to prove here? The government can already track you through your cell phone. That's something we'll get into. That they talk about yeah. that, which I appreciate. That, that was a, that was a cool thing where they had we we, we see uh, like a bunch of people in a, in a black barber shop, right? And and one guy's coming around and he's like, "Hey guys, I got the vaccine." Uh, yeah, that's another New York comedian, uh, Will Sylvance. Right, and uh, actually, there's also another New York comedian, Mike Yard, who plays one of the barbers, and uh, mm-hmm. Sam, Sam J, former SNL writer, is in there too. Nice, nice, and, and this sort of talks about like and and Che's just having this. No, it wasn't Che having an exchange. It, it was like uh, two of the patrons in the in the black barbershop saying like, "Oh yeah, that's how they get you," and they they just start backing up through time of like, "Oh no, I'm not I'm not getting on Twitter. That's how they get you." Yeah, I'm not getting a cell phone. That's how they get you, and they go all the way back. To a couple of slaves working in a cotton field, and they're like, "No, I'm not singing those spirituals with those secret code words." Yeah, because <laughs> that's how they get you. That's right. You better go and get me a drum. <laughs> and I, there's so much truth in that. I love that part because, like, yeah, mm-hmm. people saying, "Oh, don't take the vaccine because you know that's what that they put a chip in there. That's the mark of the beast. That's how they get you." And then, right. they, like you said, then they go back to iPhone. Like that's how the mark of the beast. That's how that they put the chip in there that can. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that is something that's very true. Like, folks, we carry iPhones. Everybody here has a tracking device with a microphone and a camera in it with them at all yeah. times. And and usually, and most people, I think, probably have location services on so you can like check in at the cool place that you're in. Right. And and, and a lot of people are like, hey, and there's even like an app where you can, it's like, you know, find my friends where you can find people you might know that are close to you. And yeah, and like people have those phones with like that open with your thumbprint, and yeah. there's also face recognition. Mm-hmm. And like, 
don't feel if you're if like if you're afraid of taking the vaccine because like that's how they get you. If you have a phone with face recognition, they already got you. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. But yeah, and I also like that. And like they talk about like oh, t- you know, Twitter. Like you said, like oh, just, just so the government can read all my thoughts. No, fuck that. And yeah, and somebody can come and cancel me years later. Exactly. It's like so this. This reminded me of kind of like like a the type of bit you'd see on Chappelle's show. And I'm, and I mean that in the best possible way. Yeah, no, um, this was a very Chappelle bit. Cause it was, it was very insightful and it just was saying like, Hey, we've been doing this for literally decades, if not centuries. And, and it just shows how much privacy Americans can willingly give up because social media makes it fun. You know? Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. So yeah, I really like that segment. Of it. I like the parts when uh, Chase talking to his friends in the barber saying, yeah, I can't take that vaccine. What if it fucks up my liver? And he says that while he's drinking bourbon straight yes. up in, in the barbershop. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the, his friend saying, yeah, you got to be careful what you put in your body. And he's making like <laughs> some type of like cough syrup, alcoholic drink, <laughs> scissor. Right. And right. Yeah. And I, I liked how the one guy, the guy who's coming around, selling the vaccine and he's just like oh no i don't know if i want to get it i'm i'm doing okay and the and the barber just looks at him and he's like you are going around selling bootleg vaccines in a barbershop you are not doing okay <laughs> not doing well and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, another thing i liked about this episode is those um fake ads they have for white castle throughout they they do a number on white castle in this episode man i was thinking how did white castle sign off on this this is they're really Going well, in, I think they obviously did not. Either White Castle has an amazing sense of humor about themselves, which you know maybe they do with the whole um, uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle thing. They, I know they signed off on that movie, but right, I can't because this does not paint them in a positive light. Not at all. At all. Not at all. They are like we, you know, we at White Castle, we care, so we're giving like the crave cases to all our frontline workers. But we forgot that those just shoot through people. Yeah, and like I mean, I mean, they're calling them murder burgers, which <laughs> they, they're talking about like how they're wet burgers, and and they they shoot them in the most unappetizing looking manner. Yeah, and they just they just talk about yeah we forgot that they're sliders because they slide right through you. I think we actually see uh, SNL writer Brian Tucker in in this uh, scene. Of yeah, yeah, and yeah, and it's just, they just go on and talk about how yeah White Castle burgers they taste good, but then they just they just, well you pay for it. Yeah, I <laughs> as someone who's eaten numerous White Castle burgers, I can attest to this. They are delicious. <laughs> But then you're just just it just rips right through your guts. Like, I mean, do do not stray far from your home base. Is all I'm saying. Oh yeah, no, don't be don't be out on the road with no. these, with these things. You're, oh my god, no, you you, you want to be you you want your home bathroom within your your line of sight at all times. After yeah, you, like or or somebody's bathroom, like your friend's bathroom. Maybe not your not your, not a good friend, but like a no. You don't want to be no home base. Yeah, exactly. You, you got to do that stuff at home. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there is a something wicked this way comes. If you know what I mean. You're not taking that stuff out in public. Yeah, this is. I mean, you shouldn't. Yeah, is what I'm saying. The bad moon rising. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So and there's also, there's also a few other segments in this um, episode. Uh, we see, like you said, Doctor Thurgood Carver. Talking about um, yeah. him inventing something called uh, dick ties, where it's like a little bow tie you put around your dick. 
to impress your boss yeah. at the urinal? Yeah, it's for for like folks who who are not circumcised, and apparently they are not getting the business opportunities that they could or should because of that. Because yeah, they they're, they're a little different down below. Yeah, I mean, this I'll admit this sketch had nothing to do with the whole vaccine theme. They just kind of wedged <laughs> it in. Uh, but yeah, so we either either way, Jeffrey Owen gets another appearance. So you know, yeah, he gets another check. Yeah, and, and Jeffrey Owens did a really nice job. I was impressed with him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there's also another segment where they talk, where they um, put in this uh, fake uh, movie from the '40s called The Ticket. It's black and white film yeah. where uh, we see the, an- another New York comic, uh, Yamanika Saunders, talking to her husband, who's obviously out cheating. But then the guy says, "Oh no, I wasn't out cheating. I was in Tuskegee because I was working for the government, part of this thing called the Tuskegee Experiment." Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought it was it kind of dragged a little bit, but I thought it was okay that part. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, this guy, the this episode goes on where he's really contemplating whether he should get the vaccine or not, and I think he decides to do it as he goes to his, you know, his um, his manager's vaccine party. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he and, and and he finally like he gives a little speech about his issues with it. And then as that ends, he's, he's like, Oh yeah, no, I just, I just uh, gave you the shot like through your sleeve. Yeah. It's like, I didn't even lift up, lift up my sleeve. How'd you do that? Yeah. And then the doctor was like, how do you feel? It's like, yeah, I feel okay. I feel fine. And then the doctor was like, and then then literally everyone in the party is like, Hey, feels fine. It's safe for us to get the vaccine now. And then all the white people in the party are like, yay. (laughs) Exactly. Because they, they use the black man as, they're guinea pig. Yeah. It all <laughs> full circle. Again, uh, uh, historical precedent. <laughs> History repeats itself. Um, but that that was a that was a great twist. I didn't see it coming. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, another uh, strong episode. I mean, fu- you know, funny stuff, funny payoff. Yeah, and uh, so the final one is called uh, "Only Built for Leather Suits," and uh, mm-hmm. this is basically more about. I guess, you know, Michael Che's art and his career and, you know, being an artist, yeah. being, a, being a comedian and just comedy. Yeah. And also just doing comedy in the challenging times we're in where, you know, the people are under quarantine. You can't really have people gather. Like they talk about how he's doing a show at Madison Square Garden, but <laughs> but it hasn't sold out. And, and, and we see him like advertising this at his local church and they keep bringing up other like black sketch comedy shows like Chappelle show and key and peel and in living color. Right. Yeah. I thought that was, the, I, I kind of thought that might've been the theme of this episode. Cause it's basically, well, it opens with him going into a Catholic church and, in uh, mm-hmm. having a confession with the, uh, the, the priest, the priest. Right? Yeah, yeah. priest. And of course the priest played by Colin Quinn. Yes. And, um, and he talks about how he grew up wanting to be, one of the greats, like Richard Pryor, you know, Eddie Murphy, Chappelle, Rock, Carlin. Of course, he stops himself before he says Bill Cosby. He, he's like, Bill Cosby. And then he goes on to the next <laughs> Red Fox. <laughs> right. And but yeah, and he talks about yeah. how, yeah, he has a special coming out in the garden. But, you know, it's not it's, you know, it's like a limited audience and it's not sold mm-hmm. out yet. And I think he kind of they kind of take it in this direction where them, I guess they're trying to say, like, does like celebrity, you know, comedic status hold the same weight that it used to? I th- I th- I'm, f- I'm pretty sure that's what Dora's saying. 
Yeah, I mean, well, also, like, they have a scene where he's talking with two of his friends, and they're like, oh, no, I mean, like, I know you're in comedy, but, like, they actually say at one point, black people don't watch Saturday Night Live. Yeah, they do say that, which, I mean, there is some truth to that, I think. Uh, I mean... Uh, we here at the SNL Nerd Show, we have no way of knowing that's right. if any black people watch Saturday Night Live. There's no way. We, we could say here at the SNL Nerds, at least 50% of us who are black watch this show, SNL, on a daily basis. Those are, those are pretty good odds. I mean, I I don't know. I'm <laughs> just saying I I have not seen any evidence in like say the last three years of of black people watching Saturday Night Live, there's no. I don't know if that's a thing that happens. There's no way to know. We can. I mean, there's, there's no way to know. The tech, we can't find out. The technology is just not there. I don't know. I wish there was some way we could develop the technology. Like, I mean, if there was like a black person who was willing to come forward and be like, "Yes, I watch Saturday Night Live. I occasionally enjoy Saturday Night Live. I am a black person who watches Saturday Night Live." Mm. Someday, my friend. Someday. But I mean, that is just not a barrier that we, as a nation, have crossed yet. So, so some maybe in the future, in the, in the near future, we'll get there. We'll. I get mean, there. maybe I don't know. I wouldn't hold my breath. Fingers crossed, people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I do like that question he poses. I guess because he's, I, I think the point they're trying to make is because everybody, like the entertainment field, is all like kind of fragmented now. Everybody has their own mm-hmm. thing that they watch. Like having a HBO special doesn't really hit as hard as it used to. Yeah. Or like, you yeah. know, like, like it used to be back in the day, if you were on Carson, you've made it. That was a big deal to everybody. Or if you had a right. HBO special, or if you were on Letterman, that was a big deal. Everybody knew who you were. But like now, yeah. because everybody has their own little bubble of entertainment that they watch, like, you know, being on SNL and having a, or doing a show at the, at the garden, it doesn't have the same impact that it used to. I think that yeah. that's I feel like that's what they were trying to say. Yeah, no, I feel like I feel like that was the point. And it, it is it is so easy to miss things in the entertainment landscape. I mean, like so many of the hosts that SNL's had the last couple of years, it's it's been somebody like I vaguely heard of and and maybe I know the name of the show that they're on, but I have not actually seen the show itself. And I it's and because it's like on some streaming service somewhere that you have to specifically subscribe to you don't necessarily, you don't come across things the way you used to. Exactly. Like, I legit... You have to seek it out. Yeah, I legit never heard of Reggae, Reggae John Page until he hosted SNL. Right. On, right. I mean, don't even, don't even get a start on the musical guests, because that's a whole... I mean, like like Tiffany Hottish. I I maybe, like, just heard of her. Like yesterday? Uh, beforehand, or, or Issa Rae, or, I mean, you know, so many people. And it, and it makes me feel, like, so out of touch, but... There is just so much more content out there, and so many more venues out there. Right, it's impossible to keep track of it all. No, absolutely. It's uh... even after like a year of quarantine, where everybody's like watching all this content. You know, no, absolutely. And uh, like, I feel like that's what they were trying to say. But I don't know. Out of out of all the episodes, I kind of thought this was the weakest because it really doesn't stay on that mm-hmm. message quite a bit. It goes on these kind of other tangents and kind of puts in all these other yeah. sketches that don't have anything to do with that theme. Like there's that mm-hmm. ad with the, uh, the home girl app where I liked the concept of that. And it was like, uh, yeah, when you're in an awkward situation, like they had, uh, 
a guy working uh, at checkout in the grocery store and uh, a, a Karen starts going off on him and he can't really come back at her because like people are recording on their cell phones and it's not going to look good for him. So he uses the homegirl app to call in a homegirl who can get in her face right. for him. Exactly. Like a woman to beat up another woman for you. Right. And of course, you know, like Uber, the person says, hey, do you want a, new, a water or a bag of chips? Are you okay? Or some, some <laughs> yeah. mints? Yeah. Uh, I thought I thought that was a cool concept, but yeah, this this episode I suppose it did meander a little more. I think honestly, my attention wandered a little bit more in this last episode. No, I I totally agree. There was that one part where we get into Che's friend uh, Reggie Conquest who goes to the doctors, and yeah. he, there's that attractive nurse, and he has to get like his testicle, testicles looked at. Yeah, and of- she leaves him alone in the room for a minute, and we see him sort of uh, trying to. Make a good presentation. He, he was twanning. <laughs> he was, yeah, I guess so. I, wait, whatever meaning of twatting or, or twanning that, that was. He was, he was. He was going full twan. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's he's getting himself prepared because, you know, <laughs> right. he, he wants to impress the uh, attractive uh, young woman who's, who's attending him. You know, as you do. And uh, because you know, the, the nightmare is that he's he's not going to be impressive, and then she will tell the world exactly. Yeah, but yeah, that kind of, that didn't really have anything to do with the episode. It was just like something mm-hmm. they just kind of put in there. And then there was that other sketch about like real child predators that they put in, where mm-hmm. about like you hear the term child predators, and you think one thing, but like the sketch was about like how some young teenagers kind of prey on older women for sex and yeah. you know, stuff that they can give them. And I, th- I mean, I thought that was interesting enough, but it didn't really, again, it kind of meandered a bit. It, it felt like maybe they put in, in the last episode, all the ideas that didn't quite fit into the others. And and this one wasn't as focused as a result. Yeah, know? yeah. No, this, this seemed very, like a lot of filler was in this one. Like another part that they had was uh, they were kind of uh, parodying the uh, incident that happened last year with that uh, Soho Karen. The Mia mm-hmm. Ponsetto, where I mean, if you those that don't know the story, it's um, it's happened like a year ago, where this uh, this white woman was in a high end hotel in Manhattan, and she couldn't oh, yes. she couldn't find her phone, and she mm-hmm. she blamed uh, like this uh, black kid in the lobby who happened to be the son of a famous like trumpeter, that's like, and she said like, oh, he stole my phone, he has my phone, and no one really right. was like calming her down or stopping it, and like she just went off and like kind of, like a, like attacked the kid. And like saying, I demand you give me my phone, even though the kid is like saying, I don't have your lady, I don't have your phone. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. And right. so, of course, people were videotaping it and no one kind of, you know, went in to stop it. And she like accosted this kid. And, and then finally somebody broke it up. And it turns out the woman left her phone in a cab. Like, like uh, I think the cab driver came back and was like, oh, lady, yeah, your phone's in this in this taxi. And so, but by that point, like the video went up online and social media and it, it blew up and she was known as like a Soho Karen. So this sketch yeah. was kind of reflecting that. And of course they had the, the girl from the home girl app, somebody called him and beat up the person playing the uh, Soho Karen, which, yeah. I mean, I thought that was okay enough, but it didn't really, I don't know. It, 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 I'd like the home girl app stuff. And, yeah. and they even had, um, uh, uh, what, what was the name of the, uh, the writer who was acting in the the sketch. Oh, uh, Gary Richardson. Uh, no, no, the nope. uh, the the other one. I think the last name began with Q. Q. Um, Shit, I'm I'm totally blanking on the name, and I don't have a list of the writers in front of well, me. So, 
Wait, which person? The guy we were talking about. He was in the medical. Oh, Reggie Conquest. Conquest. Right, right. Yes, thank you. Um, Reggie Conquest. Like, he calls in the Homegirl app at one point, like, late in the episode. Right, right. So, I mean, that's a nice little thread they put in throughout the thing. But, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. There's a lot of filler in this. And it kind of they kind of stray away from the main theme of it, which is an interesting theme. But they, they never really kind of focus on it. And it even ends mm-hmm. with them with uh, Michael Che doing his um, his performance and but it's, it's kind of they kind of the way they shot it as like a commercial for the for the, his big show and the it's they, big Madison Square Garden show and and we look, we see the audience and there's like a dozen people in there like spread out right you know social distancing but it, the way it's shot it's like one of those oh he's going to get he's too edgy you know, you don't yeah. like you know like one of those I'm, yes. I'm so wild and crazy you don't know what I'm going to say I'm a dangerous comic at one point right. you do see uh, Michael Che with like caution tape around his m- mouth, which is one of the most yes. hack things a comedian can do. Yeah, and it's yeah. Like, and he's like, "Oh, I know the the liberal media is not going to like me for this one. I'm, I'm going to get canceled for that last bit." And yeah, it's like I'm going to say that y'all ain't ready. And it's yeah. So I like if if you're talking about how edgy you are, you're not edgy. Exactly. You know, you, you talk a big game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, then that episode just kind of ends. Um, that episode was, yeah, it wasn't the, the strongest. I thought that one. Yeah, I, w- I wish the show as a whole could have ended stronger. But I, overall, I like the show. I thought I thought it's a well done show, and I'd, I'd like to see more. Has it been renewed for a second season yet? Uh, there has been. No, I don't believe so. I don't think it. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything on the show's uh, Wikipedia page about it. But okay, but yeah, I haven't heard anything about it. But yeah, overall. I think it's pretty enjoyable. I mean, my favorite one was the uh, the second episode and the third, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, bourbon and water and uh, Dudley got shot. Like I thought those were the strongest one that had like a point of view and were saying uh, you know a good number of things. And uh, yeah. I know of, of course a uh, you know well played crackers. I enjoyed the vaccine talk that the people had at the barbershop. I, I really it yeah it had a lot yeah, of good my, stuff. In my there. favorites were probably policing and and well played crackers. I think I think sex worker is very good too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that was good too. That was that was. Pretty I mean, good. definitely a show that's worth watching. It's it's funny. It's got stuff to say, and yeah, I'd like to see more. And it, and it's neat to see uh, Michael Che doing stuff that he probably couldn't do on SNL. Although this show is produced by Lorne Michaels and uh, Broadway Video. Yeah, exactly. This is under the uh, the Lorne's umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I dug it. It it definitely uh, touches on some edgier subjects, but mm-hmm. it's not like meant to be provocative or anything like that. So, but you know, but it's just you know they're just bringing up points and thoughts, and uh, I, I dug it. I thought this was uh, yeah. Solid. I mean, it raises some interesting questions, definitely. Yeah, solid shows. Really quick watch, two hours and you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. worth checking out, guys. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, that's our episode, guys. Thanks again so much for listening, as always. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we got any tweets on this one, but uh, no. Uh, no, I think, you know, it's still a very new show. It's only been out for, for a month, so I don't think we have a whole lot on it. Uh, but uh, yeah, but check it out. Uh, shoot us a tweet at SNL Nerd Show. Let us know what you thought. You can also follow our individual Twitter accounts. Uh, I'm at Trumbull Comic, T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L, and the word comic. And I'm at Darren Credible on Twitter and Instagram. That's D-A-R-I-N Credible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, again, uh, please uh, 
uh, rate and review us on the podcast app of your choice. And uh, please uh, shoot us a little money on the Patreon. Uh, that's at non-productive.com or patreon.com slash non-pro. Yes, please. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell a friend. Yes. Yes. We want to spread the word. We want to we want to have it so that uh, a, a Mikey Day responding to our tweets is not an unusual occurrence. Exactly. <laughs> we want to have we want to have it so that yeah, when people well known like tweet back at us, it's not like whoa, this is shocking. Yeah. And we won't feel the need to uh, spend fifteen minutes on it at the beginning of the show. Absolutely, that's what we want. We want to get to that level where we can be indifferent to uh, the famous people tweeting at us. We we want to get so big that we do no longer care about our success. Yes, that's that's the goal. That's the dream. Yeah. We want to be able to phone the show in. Yes, right. <laughs> exactly. I want to have somebody playing me doing the podcast while I'm off on the uh, Riviera, just re- relaxing and lounging on my yacht. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll have our stand-ins just, just do this podcast. That's, that's... And probably do a better job at it, quite frankly. Yeah, I can see that happening. Probably. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a low bar to clear. Yeah, I, I am not very good. No. I... Same with me. <laughs> I am barely tolerable at best. <laughs> uh, do we want to talk about what we're doing uh, next week? Uh, yeah, sure, if you want. I mean, are we are we official for that, or should we just uh, play play our cards close to the vest? Mm, you know, let's play close to the vest. Let's, okay, let's... okay. Well, we're working on something. We're working on, uh, let's say, setting up an interview with a notable person who has worked for SNL. I think that's that's safe to say, right? Yeah, we could say that. It's uh, okay. It's going to be a bit of a coup if, if we pull this off. We'll just say that. I mean. Fingers crossed. Uh, we're we're gonna make this happen. That's right. So, and if you again, if you have any suggestions of shows you want us to cover, movies you want us to cover, books related to SNL, we're we're talking about starting up a SNL book club, and uh, or somebody connected with the show that you'd like us to try and interview, we will do our best to make that happen for you. Absolutely, yeah. We are thinking about doing the book club. I think somebody uh, pitched that to us on on the twitters. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we know uh, Cecily Strong has a book coming out this year. Uh, Colin Jost mm-hmm. has a had a book come out last year. It's definitely yep. a lot of things are in the works, people. A lot of a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of pots cooking in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so let us know what you want to see and hear from this this podcast because it's it's your podcast as much as ours. Actually, no, not so much. It, it is ours more than yours, but you have a voice. That's right. You you are you are heard. We we want we yeah. want to we, yeah we want we want you to feel like you're at home here. So if you yeah. if you want to say something, just just say it. Say it with your heart. Yeah, but but a guest in the home. Exactly. Yeah. Don't you know, don't be a dick. Don't, don't make yourself too at home. Don't put like your bare foot on the coffee table. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Don't be like just eating out yeah. of our fridge or nothing. No. No. We we, we pay uh, hard money for you know good money for the, those groceries. That's right. Good hard money. For those good hard money that's right which i don't even know what that is but you know it's good hard money <laughs> absolutely have we reached the point of diminishing returns now i feel like we have i think that's where we started <laughs> <laughs> we will see you next week guys until then nerds, nerds out, out. 
This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.